right back to Ireland. Oh, Are we live? Of course we're live. Special guest set is James. How you doing, my guy? You good? Um, I'm very well, thank you. I was just enjoying your intro. It's actually the first time I've seen it, but that goal was nice. So yeah, I have yeah. a one goal wonder, um, man. I'm never letting anyone on my channel forget it, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very good, as good as you can be after that game on Sunday, because ah, uh, it, it fully took the wind out of my sails that day. Like the rest of the day was just a write-off. I didn't even watch the United game. I was just in a bad mood. Is that but, deflated? Yeah, I feel better now, so we're all right. I mean, that's you know what that sets up this this, this stream perfectly, man. Before we are, before I obviously ask you on West Ham versus Arsenal, what have you made of Arsenal this season? We've been unbelievable, like completely beyond anyone's expectations, and the goalposts have changed because at the start of the season it was top four would have been decent. Um, I was pretty confident going into the season that we would get top four. Um, I felt that other teams, the, the way the way we were going, we were getting so much better last season. We missed short. And then we signed players who were obviously level raisers in Zinchenko and Jesus. So mm. I thought we were going to get it. I obviously didn't think Chelsea were going to fall off a cliff the way they did, or Liverpool. So I think I predicted, I think I predicted as actually third behind Liverpool and City. Um, but yeah, as the season went, and then we started off so strongly, and it was never the title race, even maybe people were like joking in November and stuff, but I was never in it. Like, serious, like, isn't it? Like, we were like, just let's just play our thing and let's see what happens. Um, and then it's come down to it. And now we've we've won, I think we've won seven games and drawn two. And people are calling this it's a bottle. People are saying like, yeah, it's crazy. But um, and especially we went, we came out of Anfield and said a draw wasn't good enough. So kind of that says how much the level is raised. Um Fair. people people are giving up. There's definitely, definitely not time to give up because it's still in our hands. Uh it's gonna be very, very difficult, especially if we don't win at the Etihad, but it's still possible. Um, but yeah, uh, chin up after Sunday. Like we've got to keep going, and hopefully the players don't take that into the next game. Southampton's a good game to bounce back. I'll say that as well. I mean, as you said, it's a good game to bounce back. You know, when you've lost or dropped points, I keep saying loss. Even me, it feels like we drop points. The best thing you can do is react. The best way to get out of your system is to win. And as you said, is is it's for me. I wouldn't say it's impossible. I think personally, it's improbable. I just think City are gonna do what they're doing. But until it's mathematically ruled out, we need to keep fighting, and we can only do that looking forward. So you're right, man. We just need to keep going. You touched on something, and it's something that I'm sure you've spoken with your Arsenal mates. The media definitely said, "Is it a failure that Arsenal have if Arsenal don't?" win the league considering you know what we've had and we've led the title challenge for the no, best part it's, it. it's not it's not a failure for me it's a disappointment and no doubt because of the strong position we're in but it's definitely not a failure because also you get screenshots and people know what they're doing they post screenshots of us like eight points clear when this eight points clear was never they city had a game in hand and we still had to go to Anfield Agendas. and we still had to go to the Etihad. So they know they know what they were doing. Um, that Etihad game was always going to be massive. So the, even when it was eight points, let's say they win their game in hand, that's five points. We still had to go to the Etihad. So let's assume that City win at the Etihad as they have been all season. That's two points. So we're still top of the league. It, I don't think it would be a failure. It would be a disappointment. But I do think 
if you think about Liverpool, um, the season before they went on to win it, they pushed City close and just fell short. And then the season after, they absolutely blitzed everyone. So I do think we'll be back next season, whatever happens. I mean, that's a good omen, man, because I look at last year, obviously we crumbled at the first, at the last sort of opportunity to get top four. Evidently, we've learned from it. And while mathematically we can still not finish in the top four, is unless a absolute madness happens, we've ticked that off. That was the goal in August. And you touched on it. The very fact that, you know, we're disappointed with picking up draws and, you know, people are moving like we've got, we played nine games and got one win. We've actually been all right in our last few games. We've always reacted this season. I think we're doing all right. I think, I understand it. I think you put it perfectly. It would be a disappointment. I'll go as far as to say it's a missed opportunity because we're going to improve. Everyone's going to improve. Yeah. We don't know what the landscape is going to look next season. So it would have been an opportunity. And as great as CER and it's about fine margins, it's kind of been in our hands. I'm a bit sympathetic to our players because, you know, I think people got to remember the levels we're coming from. Fifth, eighth, eighth. And I think because of what we've done this season, credit to Mikel Arteta, the way we're playing, the interchanging movements, the curtain raises, as you said, I think people are putting us on a level where we're not, you know, City have been doing it for years we're kind of trying to establish that sort of thing and I think because of the way we've been performing obviously the table doesn't lie but I don't think it always tells the truth I think people are kind of putting us at a level that we're not we're probably expecting Arsenal to play to a level that at this moment in time if you're looking at challenging for a league them fine margins and I think these things are obviously highlighted when we've you know we've dropped three but two points from winning positions in our last two games the occasional draw and things like that so I'm happy I mean people are going to run agendas but for me nobody put us many people unless you're an Arsenal fan you wouldn't have put Arsenal in in top four shouts when you're making your predictions in August people would have put Spurs above it so with that it can't be a failure but as you said it's a missed opportunity especially claiming the first Emirates uh, Premier League and some people that support Arsenal I haven't even seen that so we go again looking at the West Ham game what did you make of it? It's so frustrating because obviously we were 2-0 yeah. up um, and we'd created two big chances we deserved to be 2-0 up as well we were absolutely dominating they didn't have a single chance basically right. um, but I do think that kind of gave us a false sense of security and we just what annoyed me a little bit was I know I know this is kind of how we play and if, if we went 3-0 up everyone would have said this was incredible but Jesus dropping so deep it is borderline and you can you can do that but it was almost borderline arrogance that we'd won the game and that all right let's just knock the ball around a bit and Pai did the same for the goal they scored he tried to knock it over Rice's head in like on the edge of his box and it's it's not a risk you need to take and they always say 2-0 is a dangerous scoreline because once smart, you yeah. 2-1 the fans come up against you we're now feeling the pressure because we've not been in a title race like this before we've just gone 2-0 up and cost a lead last week we shouldn't, we should absolutely should not have been taking risks. And I do think, whilst yeah, we were 2 0 up and absolutely smashing them, we that kind of because we went 2 0 up so quickly, nobody ever really saw the flaws in the fact that we couldn't build up because of holding because of Tierney. Our build up the whole game wasn't great. Whereas I say we scored two goals because we were converting two chances that we got through them. But it's not like we didn't create that many chances. We scored both the chances we created because they were massive chances. But we didn't create that many in total because when Holding had the ball, he couldn't find space in between the lines. And when Tierney was inverted, he couldn't find he the same can't space do it. Benko does. Um, so I think a lot of it does come down to the build-up. And everyone says, oh, we bottled it, we bottled it. We did. But I think overall, we were bad all game. It wasn't just, I know we scored early twice, but we were bad all game. 
And then once we went to two all, we just looked completely lost of ideas, especially when Saka missed the penalty. After that, the wind was taken out of us completely. Deflated, yeah. Yeah, it was it was frustrating because as I say, Holding he didn't have his best game overall. He he's not good enough for us at the end of the day. Um, but the annoying thing is the mental side of it, where he's like lofting balls over the top to Saka. It's like, look, if you're if you're not good enough, play within your limitations, pass it to someone who's good enough. But then don't keep losing the Sorry bottom. to cut you, but playing devil's advocate, would you would you say that is him playing in his limitations if he is hoofing it? Because I share everything you're saying. It's just I have a duty to be devil's advocate. If he's hoofing it and just yeah, not yeah, 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 no, you're right. That would right. Be it. No, no, you're right. He is, I guess he is playing within his limitations. But to me, when he's when he's under pressure, him hoofing it, I understand, even though it pisses me off so much because you to be at this level you cannot perform you can't do that definitely in today's day it was like it was like there were times where gabriel would pass him he would take a big touch he'd have the whole field in front of him and he tried to clip it over to saka and it's like you're just giving away the ball you're just giving away possession for another three minutes we don't have time for this i think he should have been subbed off as well i thought arteta i'm sure we'll get onto this but i thought arteta got the game management pretty wrong to be fair I mean, I hear everything you're saying. I will be fair to Holding and say, you know, that I think for the first goal, he skipped out Saka and I believe Benjamin White and found Odegaard and obviously eventually got switched to Martinelli and we ended up scoring. But I agree with everything you said. I mean, in the present day, for a team that's trying to be a top club like Arsenal, unless it's backs against the wall, resolute defending, Holding hasn't really got any capabilities that can help us. As you said, not really... Out of 10, probably a five at best on the ball, being kind to him, probably not of the level. He doesn't really back himself in those moments with Saliba. I personally think yesterday, he, he's it's, it's unfortunate, but he's a weak spot in the Arsenal team. People start targeting him. I think that's actually where the first goal came from, from West Ham. Because if I remember it correctly, Gabriel's kind of got, Gabriel had to overcompensate. He's gone over to the right-hand side, dealt with Antonio. Eventually, between holding Tini and Partey, Partey's then got caught. So I agree, kind of harms our build-up play and things like that. Do you think fans can be unfair to holding and again i don't think social media is real life but I, I i do find it a bit wrong to suggest on socials that you know kind of if we exclude exclude rob holding we win yesterday and to be fair to him the same way i praise arteta for the squad he's assembled negatively surely you have to take any blame if there's any holes the very fact that we're relying on holding at this decisive period off the back of what we saw last season who do we then draw the blame on, really and truly? And I don't know about you, but I'm at that point now with holding. Everyone gets criticism, but evidently you're not good enough, isn't it? So it's like, I can't really get annoyed anymore at Rob Holding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be it's, my, my frustration at this point isn't at holding. It's more internal frustration. Of course, there's natural frustration at holding, but I'm not taking it out on him. Yeah, like 100%. It's just like... And I agree with you a bit about Arteta's squad building, but at the same time, he's probably our, he's probably our fifth choice right centre-back. Like you'd have Saliba, you'd have White, and you'd, you'd have Tom Yasu if he could as well. Yeah, but and then, then Gabriel. I, nah, I guess he's our fourth because you, you're not going to play Gabriel right centre back. Um, but yeah, so he's our he's our fourth choice right centre back. But we just happen to get two injuries in the same position. The only team, I guess, Chelsea and City are the only teams that will maybe survive that a little bit better. And give Arteta another year, and Holding's not going to be in this team, and I, I don't think Tierney will be either, to be honest. Um, Regarding, yeah, regarding his performance, as I say, it was the the biggest frustration and the biggest reason why I think it cost us is because there were times sometimes, especially when they, it was too all and we, we didn't have much time, we had to sustain pressure. He can't sustain pressure like Saliba can. And also sometimes he got in 1v1 situations 
and he did win the ball, but he just booted it out of play. And that's what I'm saying. So I you agree. can't blame him for that because not everyone's Saliba, but Saliba gets in those situations. He wins the ball. He drives the team up. It's a massive difference. I think the biggest difference was actually Tierney versus Inchenko. Um, but you can't, we can survive without maybe Saliba. We can survive without maybe Zinchenko, but to go without both just kills our build-up too much, I think. You're right, man. I think it would kill anyone's build-up. I mean, I have a lot of sympathies for Arteta. I don't with injuries, no matter how tough they are, because someone's always got it better, someone's always got it worse. We've we've seen this script, and I believe as Arsenal, definitely in the last five years, we should take an optimistic, pessimistic approach to injuries. Like, we should hope everyone stays fit, but we should be over-prepared. If it's winter, yeah. you'd rather have too many jackets than to step out and say, oh, I hope it don't rain or whatever. I mean, issues. And I think we kind of go through that. I agree with everything you said about, about holding. To be fair with you, to be fair to both of them, in my opinion, first 20 minutes, we shouldn't even be sitting here talking about this. We should have exactly. edited the game. I agree with you because now that, that, now that I think about it even more, there were some periods in that second half. Like, I don't know if you remember when Mikel Antonio hit the crossbar, you know, first half uh, where Holdings made that slide tackle where he has technically on the corner. I'm just never confident in him. And I do think there's a bit of a handbrake that kind of spreads to the rest of the team. Naturally, you've played football. I've played football. Mm. If you play Sunday League and you know your friend that you play with isn't exactly fast or whatever, if you're a fullback, you're going to be a bit narrow. If you're a midfielder, you're going to be less adventurous. And it goes back to your point regarding build-up play. With Kieran Tierney, I'm a big Tierney fan, would love him to stay. But if Arteta, regardless of who is playing left-back or right-back, kind of demands the same old thing, then your role obviously becomes obsolete. In the same way, we're never going to see a true great out-and-out -out defender from Zinchenko. We're never going to see what Zinchenko does in Tierney. It's, it's just, not him. Just to so interrupt you on that. I think, I think with Tierney, I also rate him really highly. And it's a shame that Arteta, and I think it is a weakness of his, but Arteta is not willing to change his system at all for him. I think knowing that you've got Tierney, don't we, we used to do this. We used to play Tierney high and wide and we used to play Xhaka deeper in the Tierney position. But for some reason, Arteta is refusing to do that now. And he's got he's putting Tierney in the Zinchenko role and playing Xhaka high up the pitch. I think that, as I said, that's a weakness of Arteta's is that he's not willing to compromise on his ideas. And as I say, we've previously played it, so it's a bit weird. But he, I understand because we've won games this season playing that system. Why would you change? But you've got to change to suit who you've got. And this is why it's not a problem for Pep because he has every profile. In, well, in for options, yeah. Exactly. But at this point, because we don't, the same happened last season. When we have a few starters out of the team, we, ju we just look terrible. So... Yeah, Arteta is a little bit to blame for that. And as, as I say, because of the subs. But overall, look, we can't complain. He's got us this far, so, and it's not over yet. I mean, yeah, man, I'm a big fan of Arteta. I think he, I think even if you was pessimistic on Mikel Arteta, even if you still have question marks, the good undoubtedly outweighs the bad. In the same way, we have big expectations of Saka, Saliba, Martinelli. If they play well, we'll praise them. I believe in fair criticism. I believe the same with Arteta. I love everything Arteta is doing. I just feel touched on what you said. Sometimes we can be a bit cute and a bit clever. Like, you're not going to get... Zinchenko out of Tierney, can we use him traditionally? Which I get if this is your principles, this has got you up to this point and still in great form. I would also say there has been times where he has 
made elite substitutions or actually not made subs, but I do think sometimes they've been a bit bewildering. Like I look yesterday when he made the sub, whoever, I think Nelson came on, Vieira came on and then almost instantly Enketia came on. So it's like, that was a bit bewildering. And I just feel away from this, especially when it comes to the Europa League, I don't feel he necessarily manages a two-legged tie well enough, but he's still a, he's still a young man trying, trying to learn. So I'll cut him, I'll cut him the, the, the slack sort of thing. Would you make a Saka apologising for saying, sorry, me personally, I, I, I love Saka, I'm here for it. But I don't think you need to apologise, Saka, man. You, you're the whole reason we're here to a degree. It's sad that you missed, but it's the reality of a footballer, man. Yeah, I think I think it's even crazy that people... people I know it's very, very few Arsenal fans, but you do have Arsenal fans blaming him and saying like, oh, where... And also rival fans saying like, where is Saka in the most important part of the season? Well, a big reason why in the last few weeks Saka has gone He's quiet. He's been ever-present. Like... <laughs> also, also, first of all, he was very good against Liverpool last week. And since the World Cup, he's been one of the best performing players in the league. But also, if you're going to talk about the last few weeks, since Holding's come in, White's had to go deeper to help him. And Saka's been isolated again. So... And he's a Mark man. There's about 20 players on him every minute of the game. Yeah, which is why Martinelli's scoring so many goals because there's more space on the other side. So it's all that's all nonsense. I had no rival fans talking about Saka because they're just jealous. Um, it's just agendas, man. Of course, of course, he doesn't need to apologize, man. He's he's been our best player this probably been our best player this season, yeah. And um he continues to carry us to new new heights. And I'm sure he will respond on the pitch as well. So he doesn't need to apologize, but I appreciate the apology. Um, and just hope hope he doesn't let that affect him. He's shown before after after the miss in the Euros that he can bounce back like crazy and then even just set new levels for himself. He he puts his team on the back sometimes. It's nice to see. Facts, bro. I can't add anything on that. I mean, I just, just word for word everything I would have said. Big up Bakayo Saka, just keep going. Do you think we have a mental problem? No, I think we have an inexperienced problem. Um I don't think I don't think it's a problem in mentality. I just think it's natural that when you've got a team, and I don't even think it specifically comes from a young team, just an inexperienced team in this situation. As I said with yeah, Liverpool, yeah. Um, Liverpool the first time they got in a title race, they didn't win it. Gary Neville was saying it quite well. He's actually, I don't I don't usually rate his. Take no, I don't say his name, man. I'm not a fan when of his. But go <laughs> on, man. when he was speaking on the podcast, I think it was yesterday, he was actually uh, making some sense in because the only team in recent years that have won a title race against the odds has been Leicester. Other than that, most teams warm up to it. So especially against the City team, they're tried and tested. They've been here before. They're battle-hardened. It, it's not going to be... Hunters, easy. Man. We're the hunters, and, yeah, and the pressure's on. And I think you can say what you want. We've dropped, we've dropped two games out of our last nine. One was against Anfield. One was... This was a bad game. This is the first game that you'd consider like this is points dropped definitely in nine games. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes for the rest of the season. We've got some very hard games, but if, yeah, if we lose to City and then win every other game, I definitely don't think you can consider that a bottle for me. Do you think we will do it? Because I've already said, I don't look at the league table. I don't know where we are. The, all this talk of Arsenal, the title challenges needs to be, man. I uh, do I think we'll do it. Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I hate I hate to say it. And this is the first time I've said no. Um, because obviously I've always got to back the team. I think ah fuck man. Like it, depends. it depends. You, on, right? It depends on if we have Saliba for City. I really think it will come down to that. If we don't have Saliba, I don't think we can get anything out of that game. If we have him, I think we could draw against City and then it's game on again. 
Do you think it's a bit harsh on Saliba? Because I agree with you. I think every Arsenal fan wants the guy back. But again, we're not privy to how much he's been training or not. And even if he is, I don't know, on the treadmill, swimming, whatever he's doing, that can't really replicate match fitness. So it's almost like, on one hand, you're one of our best centre-backs. You're first part of the first-choice pivot in defence. Can we really throw you in against City? Really? Because you got Haaland, you got this, you got that. It's away from home. You're not in your fit and powers. Is it doomed to fail sort of thing? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, still, I still feel like 80-90% Saliba is better than... Uh, oh, I'm with you. 100% holding. So, yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, it is it is harsh. And I'm sure the medical team will make up their own mind on that. And there's also part of it that if you if you mess his back up even worse, then he could be out for a long, long period. He's going to need surgery at some point, I believe. Probably since the season's done. It is a balancing act. Um but obviously, as fans, we just we just want what we can get, and it's Saliba to play the City game because for a long, long time as well, the whole thought has been we've won six out of six when we had our strongest team this season, and it's we know we can compete with that team. Just give us a chance. Just give us a chance with our strongest team Facts. against Liverpool at Anfield. It didn't happen. Give us it against City. If they beat us, if they beat us. We'll say okay, fine. We can see that you're better than us, but at least let us do it with our best team. I'm with you. And the only problem for me at this tail end of the season is, as you've probably seen yourself, fine margins starts to come into it. When we played City, I think we more than matched them. It was just fine margins, two mistakes. It is what it is. Same to a degree at the FA Cup, switching off for Ake. And Liverpool, I would say, to a degree, the same. Second half, we weren't really in it. You know, West Ham, we threw it away. I'll describe Everton away as our worst performance of the season. Like, that's the game. We didn't deserve nothing. But I would say West Ham away for me would be the most frustrating performance because it's, it, I, I don't know, man. Again, I think it's because I think it's inexperienced. I think for the experienced players, some of them might not have been here. I don't know what, I can't put my finger on it, but it's like we can plan all week and we can go out there with an intensity. But as you kind of said, at times it's like we score a goal and then we're just dropping off really. And that's to go to that next level. If we're talking about top four, then we've hit our, our resources. We've hit our ceiling. We've maximised our resources to get to that next level of talking about this for years and years to come, that's the sort of thing we've got to go through. And I just think with the season Arsenal's having and what we're doing and what Arteta's developed and how great it is, I can't blame fans for getting carried away. But I, And while we have skipped certain steps, I think, it me, I think some fans are probably putting us at a level that we're not. And in football, you can't cheat the steps. You know, you might be yeah. able to hide it, but you can't cheat it. So we keep going, man. Uh, again, last question for you. Yeah. Obviously, we've been linked with a couple of players. Rice and Caicedo, I'm sure you've seen, well, you definitely saw Rice's performance. And I'm, I hope you saw Caicedo's against Chelsea. Yeah. Which one would you prefer? And would you make a both of them? I don't, I, I, I can't answer that question. Which one? Onto you your head. You've got to pick one, I've bro. Been, I've been... I've been on and R in this for so long, trying to work out which one I prefer. It Same was Rice man. for a while, but after I saw Caicedo's performance against Chelsea, he was incredible. Some of the ball, like the tackles he was making and the balls he was winning. Uh, gone to my head. The reason why I'll say Rice is because I'm just so convinced Rice has been in the club's plans for the longest time. And I think... Thanks. Also, Rice offers this versatility that... If if anything like like what has happened this season happened with Rice, Rice would have gone to right centre back, and I think would have done a very very good job at it. He could so have got away with right it, yeah. Back. He can play defensive midfield to a very very high level. He can play left centre mid, I think as well. Um, I just think Rice has always been in the club's plans, and I'm pretty confident we do get it over the line. If we can get Rice and Caicedo, we're in dreamland. Still having our cake, and eating it, mate. That's our that's our midfield sorted for basically like the next five ten years. Um, 
he is incredible. I just hope he don't go to one of our rivals. He literally made an Instagram post saying, please let me go to Arsenal. So the ball's in our court. Surely we go for both. Like, I'm with you, bro. I want both. I can't really pick. If I had to pick, I, I, it's kind of like why I echo in my vids. That's why I'm kind of happy you said that. I would probably lean towards, I probably would want Caicedo, but I change every day. I'll probably lean towards Rice because I just feel that, you know, Rumours are rumours. Until we've bid it, we don't know what's going on. But it just feels like it's more than rumours. It feels like Arteta already are convinced. I think while I'd expect him to, if he signed tomorrow, compete with Partey or line up with Partey or with Xhaka, I'm enticed to see him in that eight role, purely because we've seen with a couple of our players, whether we've rated them or not, Arteta's got another tune out of them that we didn't even know was there. So mm. I'm enticed to see Declan Rice. And if I'm with the greatest of respect to West Ham, Brighton playing football closer to us. Brighton play a lot better football. Brighton are well, well, a much more managed club. West Ham ain't that. So you can't really... It'd be easier for Caicedo to show his capabilities than Rice with some of his talents. So it'd be a bit of a different one. And you made a great point that I didn't even consider centre-back. If need be, if you've got Xhaka, Partey, somebody else, and obviously Declan, and we ain't got a right-sided centre-back... It's a multifunctional player. With Caicedo, it's more, and I'm not saying he can't go up the gears and play as an eight. It's just, I just feel you're ready made. Like they're just, you don't look your age, you don't play your age, you've got that South American hunger. As you said, he was doing the most on Instagram. It'd be a shame not to get either. But as you know, like we're going to be fighting with everyone for them. And I hope we get both. I just think because of the outlay, which they would slightly be overpriced, I don't think we get both. But if we can pick up another centre mid, why not? In fact, my final question to you on that, what, what positions would you address? I think six and an eight, we both probably... Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. It's, as you say, six and an eight, because we need to build for the future. Um, I think we need a right winger as well. Uh, it's not highest on the priority list, but it's definitely on there for me. Yeah, it's just sat there on, on his own. Summer, summer's less, January is definitely a transfer window where you take the opportunities that come. Summer's more like marquee signings, but it's weird because there's no there's no real player who stands out to me as like an obvious right-wing target like Rice or Caicedo do in midfield. I agree. Um, I like players like Alise, but not not enough for me to be like, yeah, he's the guy. I think he's a right You're going to have to pay a premium as well. Yeah, exactly. Um so I I don't know maybe maybe if we were going for a marquee winger maybe one that can play both sides like Diaby or from Leverkusen or something but I'm not I'm not well versed enough on these these wingers to be fair to be able to say anyone specifically uh, definitely six and eight as you say and then I would say probably a right back as opposed to a right centre mid sorry a right back instead of a right centre back because um, if we get injuries there I think Tommy I'd rather Tommy as a right centre back. Um, and then White can go there as well and then have a right back rather than Tommy and White who are very similar in profile and um, I think Tommy struggles going forward but it'd be nice to have a right back that you could sub on if we very were chasing him, like, it, yeah. uh, someone, who, someone who can come come around the side and stuff so yeah I'd, I'd go right back six eight and then um, yeah a winger if, if anyone comes up I'm, I'm like you, man. I think if we could get someone of the Trossard ilk that can fill in in the front three, especially if they're more, it'd be even better if they're strongest positions on the right-hand side because that's someone to compete with Saka. I actually wouldn't mind the striker of a completely different profile to Eddie and Jesus to allow us to be a bit direct, kind of going back to what we said about T&E. Obviously, if he's going to send crosses in, someone's got to receive it. 
I would like a right centre back. You know, I was. I'm not gonna lie. It's very reactionary since Saliba's got injured. And if we did have Tommy Asu, then it's calm. But I would rather just someone unhappy about playing football because there's never an ideal time to get injuries. And I just think the since I, I first had that point. Maybe it's confirmation bias, bro, but I'm just seeing it more and more and more. And with Tommy Asu, I agree with you. He could slot in or Benjamin White could slot in. But the one thing I would say with Tommy Asu is next season, I don't want to just bet on people staying fit. You know, you haven't been able to stay fit. So that's what would check him. I agree with you. You need a right back. Yeah, I think we all need the ball. I think it's not... With centre mid, I think we need to address that. If we don't address that in the summer, we're in problems, really. I think there's no a six or an eight. We need both. Again... If you can't get a certain quality, I'm not saying to spend for no reason, but I think we need both, bro, man. I think it's time to really wrap this up. And I think in the last two games, more so the Liverpool game, ironically, where Xhaka looked a bit knackered. We needed something. Rice in the Liverpool game would have made such a difference. He doesn't hide in games like that. Exactly. He's always, he's whether he's having his best game or not, he's always a presence. Exactly. You'd say that about Xhaka, to be fair, but I think Rice is a different level when it comes to that. And I mean, if we could, we can't, you know, again, I know we can't get Verratti, but I think we need that press resistant eight because I just feel that's a form of defence. And when you look at City, this is why I'm not really here for the atmosphere thing, because as to go to that next level, as we said, to win titles and that, we need to be able to go away from home and take this thing out of the game when there's not a single reason to play where there are, everyone's against us, the fans are making noise, all of these things. That is what the best teams do. I would say that if we can do that by bringing in certain players and Arteta making these players a bit more rounded and street smart, then I think we're laughing really and truly, if I'm honest with you, man. But yeah, man, it's been a fantastic, what are we, 29, 15 sec- 29 minutes, 15 seconds with you, James, man. I've, I've appreciated your talking points. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Now, man, let people know before I let you go where they can find you on Twitter and all of these things. Yeah, just on, just only on Twitter at the moment. Just, yeah, at AFC James on Twitter with an X instead of an A. But no, yeah, I just, I just say what I feel. I don't like to, I don't like to dress it up. It's just, just standard tweeting at the end of the day, to be fair. No, I mean, everyone's allowed an opinion. People, his information will be in the description when this video is out. So give the lad a follow. He's an Arsenal one through and through. James, I'm going to let you get out of here, man. People smash the like button, like, comment, subscribe. We're gone, man. One love, my guy. Peace. I've been given, like...